She's Back is your host with most, a voice sweet and words like a butterfly, but a tongue of truth with the sting of a honeybee. This is your sister love extraordinaire, aka Red Sonia the Songbee. Welcome to another episode of Sister Love Untethered and Un- Under the Radar podcast. How you living? How you living? Warning! Today's solo cast may contain the rambly thoughts, a rant or more, and strong opinions, but will always end with an encouraging word of a vibrant woman. So, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Don't forget to hit the share button for Sister Love. Share with your friends and family on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Join our Facebook page, Sisters Extraordinaire. Leave a comment or tell me or your pH factor or your pH levels for the week. That's the pursuit of health and happiness as the recipe for life as seen on my blog spot, H-Cube, Humor, Health, and Happiness. Uh, check out the Vibe Juice uh, podcast. It's on politics and pop culture and just what's going on, including in Oakland, California, from which we broadcast. Sister Love and Vibe Juice are podcast of the Green Leaf, and I thank you for listening. Now on with the show. So starting out, I live the HQ Creed. That is the Humor Health Happiness HQ, but we're going to deal with the P squared for the week. That's the measurement of pursuit of health and happiness. That is a recipe, it is the salt and pepper to add to your eggs in the morning. It is the sugar that goes in your tea. So uh, every day you want to have a little bit of HQ integrated intentionally in your life. So... Your levels are 1 through 5, 5 being best, and the factor is whatever the incident that you created, or maybe someone else did, that brought up the levels uh, to raise the levels on your pH. So in that weekly challenge, I challenge you to keep measurement of your P-square, and tell us and share what your pH factor is and your pH level. So, for this week, I would say my pH level is 4 out of 5. I try to make it a 5 as much as possible, even if it starts out in a 1. You know how Mondays can go. Sometimes all the bad news comes on a Monday. Sometimes it comes in your mailbox. Sometimes it's on the telephone. Now they found a way to get you through electronic media (laughs) on your cell phones. But, you know, for me, the intention is to do something positive for myself. So this week, raising up the pH, the pH levels um, up to at least a four. So I countered the negative by factoring something good for myself. This week, it's been chiropractor. Yes. Oh, yes. I believe hands on hands on really make the difference. You know, you get a little spinal manipulation in your back. For me, it's the leg, the knee, the ankle, the hip. Uh, I I noticed that I do better the next day. When you're not feeling good or you've got pain going on, whether it's in your body, it starts small. And it could be just a little pitch to a nag. Constant, constant, constant. Like somebody constantly poking you all day long in your back. And then weeks go by, and then if that pain is constant and that poke is constant, but it gets stronger, that's agonizing. And not only is it agonizing, it's annoying. And you want to do something about it because the next thing you know, not only is your body impacted, but your mind, your attitude, your demeanor, your attention span. You have a shorter intention span. Your patience, your your patience level, you're reacting to things that's a little beyond your control. You realize, wait a minute, I'm not behaving my normal self. Some of us have a high tain, a pain tolerance level. And I am through a little yoga and meditation, I'm trying to pay more attention to what my body is telling me. Am I listening? And my pain attention. In fact, 
That's what this segment is going to be about. The topic for this, this segment, and thank you for listening today, is all about paying attention. You know, challenge, challenges are always near, but how do you rate in paying attention? I had to ask myself that. We forget how important it is. So here's a few questions to just think about. Why is paying attention important? Why is it important? What are you giving your attention to? What are the right things to pay attention to? And are they the right things? When do things get your attention? And what do you do to get attention or when you need it? Hmm. Real good questions. Why is it important? What are you giving your attention to? Are they the right things? When do things get your attention? And what do you do when you need it? You know, I had to ask myself, uh, really just ponder. I woke up one morning and something said, you know what? You got to pay more attention. First of all, I had experience of of going to an engagement. I didn't make the engagement because, one, I misplaced my keys. Now, I am someone who mindfully has a, a, a hanger on the wall in the kitchen specifically for keys. But there are times when I'm just not paying attention. What are the things to get in the way? I'm in a hurry. I've got a thousand things on my plate and only two hands and two feet. That's right, two feet. But with two hands and and two feet, I'm doing a thousand and one things. But in all those things I'm so busy doing, am I paying attention? Sometimes I think I am until something comes to my attention that You're not paying attention, such as, where are your keys? So here I am with an engagement in San Francisco at rush hour. I had planned and had been playing and replaying and replaying in my mind what I had to do and that I needed to prepare because when you're driving from the East Bay from Oakland to get to San Francisco, particularly if your event happens to be or begin at rush hour. So six o'clock, that means any time from 3.30 or 4 o'clock on, you have to calculate your time and how you're going to navigate the traffic. So 4.30 goes by. I'm preparing. I've got all my materials. I'm supposed to be on a panel and speak. And then, you know, I'm dressed. I know what I'm wearing. I've got my, you know, gas in my car. I don't need to make a stop. I've got all of my materials. I'm getting ready to walk out the house. And then, no, key's not in hand. And before I could walk out, wait a minute, where are the keys? Have you ever been in that situation? You have to backtrack and go through your whole home searching for car keys. Because you can't lock the door. Everything's together. You can't lock your door. You can't leave the house. You certainly can't get in the car, nor can you start it. Which means, how are you going to get there? Now, I did contemplate uh, taking public transportation, but it just so happens that this location in San Francisco, yes, I could have taken BART, Bay Area Rapid Transit, across the bridge, and I would have gotten across the bridge very quickly. However, the location for the event was not in a very easily publicly accessible location. So once you get there, then you have to walk a few blocks, then get to Muni, and Muni does not have the best timing reputation for transit. So which means that when I navigated and I or I looked at uh, my Google Maps, it said that I wouldn't get there until 65 minutes after I was supposed to arrive. Now. By the time I did eventually find my keys, 
But then that's when I had to stop because I almost, when I found the keys, let's say 20, 30 minutes later, that was going to set me back 45 minutes, I had to just pause and say, wait a minute, now you're going to drive, like uh, my mother used to say, a bat out of hell, <laughs> racing, trying to race through traffic across the bridge, and really, traffic so bad at the, at the toll plaza, you're going to sit for a good 20 minutes. There is no racing. You don't have control. See, <laughs> paying attention is about having, to a certain degree, having control. But when you realize that you're not paying attention, you realize that you've lost control. Losing something that you rely on, such as keys, tells you you're out of control. You've lost it. Now, if this happens frequently, that's a red flag. Something is not right. Is your life really in order? We have Technology has really forced more accountability upon us. Number one, we have more on our plate. So you have a computer, but guess what? Now if you want to engage that computer, you have to be accountable for passwords, for remembering them, for being able to unlock things, to get into things and enter in di different sites, from banking to credit cards to personal profiles, all sorts of things. So there's a lot that we have to know and be accountable for. We still have the accountability of time as our metro areas become more uh, dense, which means it's going to take more time to get to places to navigate. And you could take advantage of other transportation modes, and I considered that. But even in that situation that uh, for my engagement in San Francisco, alternative transportation was not going to get me there any faster or any sooner. So while I was at least 20 or 15 minutes ahead in time, the best thing for me to do at that time, I actually got in the car, pulled over, when I realized before I, I could leave my block, this is unrealistic what you're thinking of doing. And maybe by coming to a, a moment of reality, this is the time to pull over and say, you know what, you're not going to make this in time. Just pull over, stop, pause, make a phone call, and just say, hey, I am not going to be able to make this event. Is it possible to reschedule? And and. I have to say how important it is to have the courtesy to let the people know up front that you're not going to make it on time. Even if you cannot reach them, if it's via email, phone call, text, whatever you do, if you have an engagement, whether you were the one who arranged it or agreed to accept it, you have a accountability and the responsibility to inform them one way or another. That makes me think of an incident that happened to me uh, uh, again this week. Now where this fits into paying attention, it does. Everything fits. I had an engagement that I agreed to sit in on and participate in a panel. And it was arranged by... Uh, a municipality, a government agency, in a person, in a role. And I uh, take it for granted that when you're dealing with municipalities, agencies of the government, you expect a, a certain level of professionalism. Listen, people, not always true, not true, not true. So this event was on a Wednesday at a college and I made it a point to be there have my material ready walked out the door do you have your key song B check do you have your head on check do you have the right shoes on check because um, you don't always know what the parking situation is going to be how far you will have to walk 
you want to allow yourself ample time. Plus, you can't always uh, predict what the conditions of the traffic is going to be. These are something that you things that you have to think of and living today in metropolitan cities, you have to count calculate all of this ahead in whatever you're doing. Coming and going. Everything in place. I arrive on the campus and the maintenance our grounds caregiver who apparently uh set up the room said, oh, that thing you're going to? Oh, that was canceled this morning, early this morning. Mr. Vincent said, I set up the whole room and then was told to take the whole thing down because nobody was showing. Well, apparently, I didn't get that notice. And and apparently there were two other women that were uh, attending the event, I don't know if they were speakers that arrived uh, before I did and left earlier that morning because they didn't get that notice. So how do you arrange an event and you do not inform your guests, panelists, and speakers that the event is canceled? Okay, for thought. Unprofessional. Or maybe this is a case. And even then, you know, you, you now it's been several days. There's been no call or apology. Total disregard of other people's time or respect of their time and, and, and their energy. Unacceptable people. Unacceptable. That puts you in the don't F with you anymore mold. That means you're not worth it. You don't want to be in that zone. That's the zone of of not only not paying attention, but just being fool-headed and stupid. Because you won't, it, it, it really destroys your credibility. And you won't get the respect from the community of peers that you think you deserve, particularly when it becomes most important to you. You can't predict what's ahead. You could be running for an office, a position. You don't know who knows who. It's all about respect. You got to pay attention. And pay, paying attention, why is it important? There's an example right there. For so many reasons, paying attention is important because it can impact your wallet, your money, your time, your career. It impacts your life. It could be a life or death situation. You got to pay attention. But paying, not paying attention when it matters can hurt you later down the road. So in the event you're in this professional situation and you're not paying attention, your actions or failure to act when you have a high responsibility and priority to act in a way that shows that you're respectable, that you're professional, but failing to do so can hurt you when it matters most, can hurt you in getting a promotion. It can hurt you in other opportunities that will be taken away from you and given to someone else who deserves it. It's character. It is your character, your personality. It is your reputation. Paying attention is important. It needs to be high. High priority to pay attention. Now, when you ask yourself, you know, what, you know, why, so that answers all the reasons why it's important. Number one, one, one way or another, because it can save your life. Who knows, not getting a certain promotion or increase in salary when it's needed or a big opportunity could 
make all the difference in you being able to pay a bill for some needed medication. It can make all the difference in an accident happening and having insurance or not having it. It can make all the difference when if you had a certain amount of money and you could afford that certain trip, you might have missed something from happening happening very tragic. Some of that is karma, right? It's energy. What you put out in the world comes back. Pay attention. You know, it's not just having your eyes open. Paying attention is also being mindful. Pay attention. It's important. So you got to ask yourself, what do you give your attention to? Sometimes they're not the right things. Maybe we're sometimes you find, you know, you just check yourself this week. Am I giving my attention too much of my attention? Now, I'm not saying, you know, we don't have our vices and we have the things that are pleasurable because when you're dealing in the world and everything seems to be over your head and there's problems everywhere, people want to escape. How do you escape? But are you giving it too much attention? Now, you can have your escapes if they don't impede how you function. If you can manage them. If other people aren't acting as codependents to the things that you're giving attention to because they're your escapes. Are you addicted to the things that you're giving your attention to? Which means the addiction is a must-have, not a need. A must-have. And probably out of control. These are the things that you have to ask a question about. Why? Why? Ask yourself the questions. uh, Why is it important? It comes back to why is it important to pay attention? What are you giving your attention to? Think a minute. Now, uh, clearly, most of us, just on average, if we go like based on what's trending, maybe that's it. Maybe you're giving your attention to the things that are trending, right? <laughs> like uh, social media. You know, when you find yourself, again, the vices, what are the vices? The vices are the escapes. There are the bad habits. We all have them. What are your bad habits? Are you looking forward to engaging your bad habit now? Maybe right now as you're listening. What are they? What are your good habits? And how much attention do they get? Sometimes it's not just things or behaviors. Because we get complacent and we get in our comfort zone. And we are creatures of habit. So if our comfort zone is all about doing what's comfortable to me, and this is my habit, is that habit a good one or is it a bad one? Now, only you can answer that. Of course, people that live within your uh, abode share the same proximity of you are impacted by the good habits and the bad habits, just as you are impacted by their good habit or bad habit. But this is about what, how much attention you give to those things. So if you get real comfortable in our habit zone, sometimes then we realize that our life is consumed about everything I want. I want this. I want that. Today I want this to eat. Today I want that to drink. Today I want to sit here. I want to rest there. I want to go here. I want to go over there. I want to just watch this. I want to watch that. I, 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 I. Is all of that I-ness good habits or bad habits? And if you get too much into all the I-isms that are bad, you find yourself expecting the world to all be about you. 
Where's the balance? That's where the danger is, where there's no balance. So some of those bad habits are activities that are that we overindulge in. And you know, too much of anything is a bad thing. You could be addicted to running. You know, you could be addicted to weightlifting. And it's a habit, but a habit that becomes an obsession. Meaning that it affects your psyche and your not only your physiology, but your mentality and how you your view of the world. And if it affects you to the point that you judge other people based on your habit, that's too much of a good thing. It's particularly when not only it jeopardizes your health, your relationships, it's all about balance. Some other bad habits are reality TV. Oh boy, too much, too much, too much of it is not good. Too much of house watching real house heifers of whatever city. (laughs) And half of them aren't even wives. (laughs) Too much of that toxicity will impress upon the brain that this is how they have to behave. Or these are the things that they want. Or this is how they need to view life or need to be treated. Too much of anything is not good. And if reality TV, which is uh, all manufactured reality, is certainly manufactured influenced, too much of that is not good for the brain. And there's all sorts of reality TVs. It's just not good. Every time you turn on the news, listen to too much of President number 44 is not good for the brain. I don't care if you're a fan of his or not. A lot of what he does does not exemplify good behavior. And too much of it influences other people. And if this is what you absorb and you obsess with, and you think that this is the way to go about the world and treat other people, you got another thing coming. Because it's it's not the real deal. That is not how you create balance in the universe or in the world. Because there is a reaction to every action, in case you haven't noticed, based on everything that President Number 44 tweets or says to the media or to uh, the news, which he hates so much. And to our professional journalists, some are biased, some aren't. But it's all about paying attention. What are you giving your attention to? Okay, and now how, let's talk about how you pay attention. So we know why it's important, but how do you pay attention? And that's a good question to ask ourselves. And the first thing that comes to mind, well, you pay attention by looking watching, being aware what's around you, using your senses, your eyes, your nose, your touch, your taste, your hearing, right? So, and those things are all true. But looking and listening and paying attention are are really two different things. Because if you're really listening, here's where paying attention becomes important. Because you can listen, let's say you're you're listening and you're talking to someone. Test yourself how well you're listening by these attributes. How do you listen with your ears? Are you listening with your mind? Are you listening with your heart? Are you listening with your eyes? Are you listening with your nose? Okay? So how do you do those things? So listening, let's start with our eyes. Are you 
giving them eye-to-eye contact. It means that are you looking into their eyes and you look into the person's eyes, look into their soul and really make that type of penetrable eye contact that you're listening to their soul. You can listen. It means there are levels to listening when you listen with your eyes in that way. Now, you can listen with your eyes, but your mind, you've got mind mental chatter. And if you're listening with those eyes, that means you're judging based on what you see in the mental chatter is speaking. When you listen with your nose, that means you pay attention to the smell. That means the smell of their scent, their cologne, or breath, obviously, which is going to have an impact of the mind chatter that's going on in your head. But when you're listening with your ears, are you listening attentively? Is the chatter still going on in the background where their voice becomes a background noise and the voice in your head is louder and speaking to you? Are you listening with your mouth that the chatter in your head is saying that you're not paying attention to what they're saying, but because what you have to say is more important. So you're speaking over them. That happens often in debates uh, with people you know and people you don't know. It could be with co-workers. And it's oftentimes you'll find the same behavior with the same two people. You'll say, well, why is the energy always this way? Or couples, you know, you never listen to me and you have these arguments because one isn't listening to the other. You're probably mimicking each other, not paying attention. The worst thing to do often in these situations with someone you know and say, you know what, you never pay attention. Or you're not listening to me. You never, you, you don't pay attention. Or it sounds like a parent, right? Remember hearing a parent tell you? You don't pay attention. Pay attention. Or your teacher says you're not paying attention. That's why your grades are so bad. Well, if that's any, <laughs> you know, metaphor metaphor for not paying attention is you end up with bad grades as an adult. You're gonna your grades are gonna be poorly in different areas in social performance such as my incident on that speaking on the panel where I was the guest and it was canceled. Poor performance. Okay? But uh, but how we listen is relevant to paying attention. But paying attention with your ears, it means that you're really listening. There's levels to listening. And you, again... Hearing them mindfully, but listening with your soul. Listening to their soul. And you're not objecting. You're not using your mouth before they can complete what they said. But listening, being a good listener. You can listen with your mind. It means that you don't have to agree with what they're saying. But you can understand or have some level, or receive some level of understanding. That's listening with your mind. How about listening with your heart? That means that you can now allow yourself to be empathetic, because now you're being maybe compassionate, you have empathy, and hearing. And this is all subjective to maybe the person and and the conversation. But listening with your heart is also listening without judgment. This ups the scale of your social awareness and being and your human being. You're just raising it. I mean, listening allows you to go deeper and higher. I mean, wow, what a concept. You could do this meditatively. But from a state of meditation to dealing with the world and all the troubles in the world, and you not want to be that being that just want to maybe this week be a being of peace, you can come from that place.
That means also having the judgment of knowing when not to listen and when not to pay attention. That's why it's also important what you pay attention to. Everything you don't need to pay attention to. Everything doesn't deserve or worth receiving your attention. Right? So, again, let's go back to listening with uh, our eyes. Uh, Okay, we talked about listening with your eyes. But again, looking into their eyes. But the eye of your mind. Having an open mind means that you're not now, you, let's say, hypothetically, uh, or virtually, you let's say you close your eyes and you open the eye of your mind to listen with your mind. That's deep listening. Through the eye of your mind, you're deeply comprehending and going beyond comprehension, and you're not judging by sight. You're doing this without bias and without prejudice. These are ways that you can pay attention but when you really look and listen, these are the, the more depth levels of just your human existence. What it really means to look and pay attention, particularly on a one-on-one basis. So let's say, for example, one of my favorite recent interviews is when Gail King... Uh, broadcast journalist interviewed R. Kelly. Now, if you didn't see it, you can go on Google uh, or I believe CBS and uh, you can find it in the archives. It was only months ago. That was a phenomenal interview. Actually, Gail King, as a professional journalist, she raised the bar, in my opinion. Uh, on her ability to not only conduct the interview, not only to be remain professional, even under pressure and p- provocation, but to still be able to be in control. And she did that because she combined all of her skills and training with paying attention and being a good listener. And there were things that went on in that interview when he became, uh, she asked very strong pointed questions, which obviously were perhaps designed and she knew uh, with the team that uh, probably reviewed these questions, what were the things that was going to incite him and possibly uh, provoke him or put him in states moments of rage. He was in moments of rage all throughout the interview. (laughs) This was a man out of control. He had no control, which means this is someone that's not used to be able, being able to contain and contemplatively, you know, uh, uh, with contemplation, uh, just consciously be able to respond and contain his emotions. Everything's all over the place, just flaring. He's a reactive being instead of a pensive, intentionally, and purposeful being. Now, outside when he's songwriting, which he's been very masterful with uh, music and lyrics and performance, that's his gift, that's his talent. But on a a day-to-day, real-life situation and an ability as a human being, he's someone who's a bit out of control and probably not able to give the attention in the manner that he needs. What happens is that people wait till they're in crises to pay attention. Now he's in crises. And legally, lawfully, he has to pay attention. That means under duress, under pressure. Because of his habits and his uh, only uh, ability is to be absorbed with his own world 
and uh, pardon the expression, I'm going to say his P-squared, and it's not so much of pursuit of health, but pursuit of happiness, let's just say his P1P factor is whatever makes him happy. It may not be legal, you know, and it may not be uh, something that is honorable. Okay, it may be perverted. What you do behind closed doors is is your business. But when it's illegal and it involves hurting, offending, degrading, okay, um, then that becomes a problem. That means your obsession with what brings you pleasure and happiness and all the things that you are overindulging in, giving too much attention to the wrong things, now has gotten you in trouble. That's a guarantee. That's, again, that's the factor of life. That's the factor of nature. It has a way of balancing itself out. Not only uh, physically, but theoretically, metaphorically, okay, metaphysically. There's a way that its nature will balance itself out. And so <laughs> it's clearly, and you'll know from your own experiences, too much attention and the wrong things is going to condemn you. It's going to hurt you, either financially Mentally, emotionally, physically, too much of one thing you're going to pay. Especially when it's something that is absorbed in negativity and bad habits. So, and now, R. Kelly in prison, he has to give the tension in a whole different type of meaning. <laughs> Not only is he amongst other criminals... He's got to pay attention to the other folks around him. And it's not about him receiving pleasure. So, not cool. So, why do you pay attention and why is it important? Because it is a matter of life. It can save you time and it can save your life. (laughs) So... So I have to ask this. I'm going to go into uh, my second phase on this topic only because I've been uh, impacted through a friend. So paying attention sometimes is not always about you, but it's a paying attention to people around you. Paying attention to... What's going on with someone maybe that's near and dear to you, maybe just a friend, maybe not as close, but paying attention when the flag is raised on someone else who's possibly going through some crises. Now, I'm not talking about financial people usually loud and clear when they're dealing with something financially, but when it's a mental and emotional crisis, the saddest news to hear, and this has happened in the last three weeks or so, the saddest news to hear is when it comes to your attention that someone that you've known or met has ended their own life. Well, this has happened. I received news about a person uh, at the age of 30 seven years young, ended her life. And it's sad when no one saw it coming. Obviously, no one was around. So, do you know, and if you know, uh, let me just say, there are a lot of toxic people out there. And some people love to be around toxic people even though they do things constantly to hurt you, but you keep them around. Or maybe you engage in the same toxic behavior. 
so birds of a feather flock together. So particularly that is true with youth. You have a bunch of youth hanging around people and some some of them just don't need to be in that group. But and then they mess up their future because they were around toxic people and influenced by that behavior. But when you become mature enough to make clear decisions when again judging your ears, what you're paying attention to, some things you don't need to, that means if people are that toxic all the time, you don't need them in your lives. You just don't need them. Toxic people, instead of paying attention, they're too busy spewing the wrong uh, information and the wrong energy. And sometimes that toxicity can really influence someone that's highly vulnerable to the point that they see no hope. They're consumed by all the negativity. They will go as far to hurting themselves and not give anybody warning. There's one thing about, you know, chemical imbalances and, you know, uh, and if a person is going through some hardships mentally and emotionally and, you know, they either should be seen by a professional they should be receiving or consuming and taking prescription, prescribed medicine for those imbalances. And if you know of someone like that, and a lot of times uh, people that do know persons who are or should be on uh, medications, you know, for clinical, mental, and emotional conditions and states, when they see them out of balance is real obvious to others around them and those are scary moments and and, and you want to either say something or, or the worst thing is maybe sometimes not saying anything it's a fine line it's a very uh a very cautious situation and matter to consider how do you approach this thing is is that you don't want them to just consume and be uh on their own locked away somewhere uh in that pain or depression or agony or whatever and you saw the flags and uh what do you say particularly if you're not as close or you don't feel comfortable or confident enough to say something well then tell somebody else around them that's close so that they don't do something and end up harming themselves. And, you know, and you don't know these things sometimes. You see them and you're almost there, but then all of a sudden it's too late. You hate to hear that someone has tragically ended their lives. Um, you know, didn't know. Uh, talk about TV. One of my favorite things that I used to like paying attention to was Anthony Bourdain, who was a uh, a chef. Uh, a chef. He was a uh, host of a show where that uh, in the show he toured around the world. There was no reservations, and uh, the last one was. Uh, uh, what was it? Something, um, no bounds, something like that. Anyway, um, yeah, reservation unknown and um, something unbound. Anyway, uh, these were great shows. The shows uh, uh, went on, I think he had probably about several seasons of these shows. And anyway, and he was just a wonderful person to listen to, to hear, um, you know, and just how he engaged others. So, oh, he had actually three shows. It was No Reservations, The Layover, Parts Unknown. And so his season, I mean, he began doing these shows back in 2005 and ended in 2018. So 13 years. And sadly, uh, I believe it was early 2019, he ended his life, or was it 2018? And he did that in Paris. But um, And he had a daughter. 
but apparently he, he had some struggles and people around him and even just watching the TV, the show, when he came back for another season, I thought touring all over the world, he has a young daughter. I mean, it has, and you're going into the homes of other people and seeing how families, you know, embrace, celebrate life, love each other through food and passion and music and culture. And, you know, these are rich things, things that you want to see. And I enjoyed watching that show. It enriched my life, the void areas that I don't have. I lived through watching that show. But when I saw him going to the a new season, even a new show, uh, which was uh, Parts Unknown, I thought, oh my God, how can he go at it another year of traveling all around the world and giving yourself in that way? That's a lot. You give yourself to the point where you have nothing left of yourself. And I I was concerned about three years prior to him taking his life, doing this show. I thought, isn't he tired? Isn't it enough? On one hand, I used to envy him a little bit that, oh, that's something I'd love to do, to be able to travel all around the world and, and engage and celebrate of life and culture and you know and and food and music and get into the philosophy of of these you know the way different cultures live and romanticize from their architect to their buildings to you know their design and food and language and literature and music theory and science all those things and that's what Anthony Bourdain did. He bought the world into the living rooms of people around the world. And it was very sad and ironic when he took his life. And it's like just unbelievable, unbearable. But, you know, of course he had his vices, he had his past, and obviously he had his hurts and his pains. And he decided no more. So, if you know of someone going through something, you want to pay attention. Don't ignore it. Because why is paying attention important? Not only does it save you money, it can save your life or someone else's life. So, with that, I just want to say... You know, if you know of someone going through something, you know, and 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 you you decide that you're going to be someone who's going to pay attention, and that you're going to look and listen, and listen with depth in all the ways listening matters. I think it'll matter to that person. You know, you can be an empathetic being. And just ask, is this person in hurting? Do they need someone to hear? And in that empathetic moment as you present yourself, perhaps you can ask, are you taking medicine? Do you need help? Are you receiving counseling or therapy? Okay, or have you seen that person? When was the last time you seen them or talked to them? And if they don't want to go, go anymore, ask. Why? What happened? Is it the person? Is it the process? What would make you feel better in approaching this? There's, there's things. At least you know. You didn't just pay, not pay attention or you noticed something but decided not to say anything, not to try, not to do anything. Just present yourself as a willing friend, friend or family member and at least someone who can offer an ear at any time they need it. With that, I just want to say, Scarlet Coralas, rest in wonderful peace. People love you, and the, the people that love you miss you. We all just want you to rest and honor your name and your spirit in peace. Rest in power, rest in peace. So, don't forget, 
let me know what's your pH factor, okay, and what your pH challenge is. Uh, you can go on our Facebook page with other listeners, leave your comment and your ratings on the Sister Love Facebook at Sisters Extraordinaire or Stitcher, iTunes, or uh, Spotify. So at this moment, I'm going to transition to my segment, She Rise, She Rolls, honoring a she-ro, sung or unsung for her work, leadership, courage, creativity, and for having a never-give-up spirit. This week in this episode, I want to honor Sadie Roberts Joseph. She was born in Midville or Woodville, Mississippi, uh, 1944, and she passed in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, July 12, 2019. Uh, and I just want to say that she passed because of, of ill-doing. Uh, her life succumbed to the hands of someone uh, who took her life. She was found in the trunk of a car. But I just want to say this woman was not just any woman. But this was a beautiful woman, African-American woman, who uh, was a major contributor to culture, the richness and foundation of culture in her community in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. She was a certified respiratory therapist uh, and she founded the Odell S. William Now and Then African American History Museum in 2001. The museum is known as the Baton Rouge African American History Museum now. She was the executive director. She led the rebirth of the Juneteenth in Baton Rouge in 1991. And, uh, and just in July, June or July 2019, she led a procession to the Mississippi River to raise the official Juneteenth flag as a part of an effort with 45 states and Washington, D.C. to make it a national holiday. She was a pillar in her community, an honored elder in Baton Rouge. She encouraged and inspired other lives, young and old. So in words, she said in her words, we must heal from the legacy of slavery and move forward. She said, we have to be educated about our history and other people's history. So I just want to say, rest in peace, rest in power. You are honored. You are honored. Sadie Roberts Joseph. So with that, I want to give you my five beliefs this week in This I Believe. My five, beginning with, this I believe, there's too much destructive noise in our lives, static from electronic and social media. This I believe, that we need to drop distractions, move towards reality in life, and pay attention to life. This I believe, whatever you're going to through, Bob Marley said, who feels it knows it. This I believe, no matter what you're going through, don't struggle in silence. Get help. Tell someone you need help. And this I believe, when it seems everyone has, you never give up. Don't give up on you. Believe in yourself. And that I believe. Well, that's it for my show today. Thanks for listening. You can follow me on Twitter. That's Twitter, SongB510, or IG. Sonia Brooks and that's S-O-N-J-A Brooks and I-G Song B in Vibe Crew that's Song B the letter N and then Vibe Crew so check out my other podcast The Vibe Juice and uh, the Twitter page The Vibe Juice be sure to get a monthly dose of HQ Humor, Health, Happiness at the blog that's h3life.blogspot add sister love to your feed and remember to support 
Your support comes not only by Patreon, by sharing and leaving a five star on iTunes, Stitcher, or, or Spotify. So thanks for listening. Every day is a new day. If it starts in hurt, in in thoughts of healing. Switch from pain to possibilities. Every day find resolve that makes life more appealing. Transform defeat into determination, despair into opportunity. Life sometimes is perfect imperfections, but that's what makes you extraordinary. Incorporate humor, health, happiness in your week. Until next time, HQ for life. Peace.